freaking loves some pro wrestling. Um, passionate is the, the big word that comes to mind when uh, I think of this woman from the time that I've seen her uh, in her career over the duration of the last couple years. Um, whether our time in WWE, our time together at AEW, now what she's doing as the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Athena is in the hot seat today, um, fresh off of her stint from being out in LA, running on no sleep, plenty of caffeine. Um, We talk all things wrestling. We talk all things Athena. We talk about what the locker room culture is like. We talk about the differences between AEW and Ring of Honor. Uh, We talk about what those locker rooms look like, the passion that she brings, some of the matches that she wants to have, um, reigniting her love of professional wrestling, something that felt like it was slipping between the grips of her fingers at one point to find that love for the game again. And honestly, that was one of my big takeaways from this conversation when she starts talking about the match that kind of reminded her who she was and gave herself the value that she had been kind of seeking that uh, did not have a, a monetary gain behind it. It was more so just about getting out there and doing the thing that you love for fans that love this sport and entertainment just as much as we all do. Um, and it was, yeah, really cool to to hear her talking about that moment and the the emotions. Uh, she's great. I, I really love this conversation with Athena. And uh, if you guys need to know a little bit more about this woman, what makes her tick, all of those great things, that's what's in this episode. So without further ado, this is Athena. Here we go. Athena joining me here on the sessions. It's really funny because as I was just getting ready to just interview with you, we have, I mean, obviously we see each other at TV all the time, but on camera, we have not done, I don't think anything together. No, no, I don't think so. Not even a little bit. So I've not said (laughs) Athena really out loud in a broadcast (laughs) until right now. And it's really funny when you know somebody as a, as one name and then they mm-hmm. go back to another name or have a new name or whatever it is. It's really hard to like retrain yourself to call somebody a different name. How do you feel if somebody ever calls you Ember? It's weird because like coming out of uh, being in L.A. all week, that's what most people know me by. That was my right. name for eight years, you know, and a lot of people don't know I was Athena 10 years before that yeah. and then coming back into it. So it's like, hi, please call me Athena. Thank you. It's just, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not who I am anymore. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's weird, but I also know like exactly where they're coming from. Like I know the intent It's like, okay, WWE fan, what's up? <laughs> like, or, Hey, it's someone I knew from WWE. I just kind of know like where, it's going to go where to like where that placement comes from. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like, I guess I sort of get a little bit like that as well. If somebody calls me Renee young, it sort of like makes my hair stand on the back of my <laughs> neck a little bit where I'm like, Whoa, right. That was my name for a while. Nobody ever calls me that really anymore. But it's, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's more so when you like first start doing interviews. Yeah. It's weird. Right. Like, it's just like, okay, I don't know what this reaction is going to be. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, mm, Hi, let's go. Hi, how are you? You know, you just have to take it with a grain of salt and be open for anything that is about to come out of this person's mouth, because it's either going to piss you off really quickly or it's going to make you like, oh, okay, it's not as bad. Or it's like a familiar face, you know, it's just it's just weird. It's weird. It's weird. But like, I guess because I took so much pride in that Ember Moon name, like it's not because of the name. It's just because I don't know what's about to come out of this person's mouth. (laughs) That's literally it. Because right. I, I was one of the few that got to pick my name. I, I take a lot of pride in that because I just want something that sounded different, weird out there, something you don't see. Ooh, what were some of the other ones that you had on like your little drawing board? Um, So it was Ember Moon, Ember Palmer, Ember Reese, like playing off my husband's name, my name. Yeah. But then it became like, I think it came down to the two names that got back. Like the final two was Ember Moon or Reese Palmer. Reese Palmer together is like actually like a great government name. (laughs) (laughs) I think they were like, oh, Reese Witherspoon, Reese Palmer works. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of where. Yeah. So those were the last two names I got to 
kind of pick from. And then I was like, we didn't really know where it was going and everything just kind of flowed together, like right as the first vignettes uh, happened. Because honestly, I had no clue it was me in the first vignette at all. What do you mean? You know, like when you're when you're in the system, as we like to call it, the PC system or whatever like that, I just remember they were telling me, oh, this war goddess thing will never work. Just be something normal. And I was doing a whole different gimmick at the time. I don't want to say what, because who knows? It might pop up again. Ooh, um, OK, keep it in the back pocket. Yeah, Clark, keep it in the back pocket. Yeah. Um, so I, I just kind of ditched this like superhero vigilante style character um, and just kind of went into something else. And then like I just literally remember like being at home watching tv and seeing this like the stars aligned for the perfect moment i was like oh this is cool i wonder who this is and um i get to work the next day and they're like did you see it i'm like see what yeah i watched the next it was great match blah 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 whatever the match was and they go no did you see it i go what are you talking about they're like those are your vignettes and i was like what i was like no that kid. didn't even look like me do i need to change what i'm doing yeah probably okay <laughs> so funny when you like think of like the begin like some people are in on like the entire process and then other times it's like you're kind of looped in on the back end. How yes. confusing. Yeah, yeah. By the way, this this is your new gimmick. Get ready. That was you. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, you remember how we told you that wasn't? No, it is now. So have fun. Yeah. yeah. May the odds be in your favor. <laughs> for sure. For real. Honestly. Um, OK, so we are coming up on almost your year anniversary yes. with AEW coming up. So you debuted at Double or Nothing last year. Huge moment. Great to see you join AEW in the almost year that you have been in this company. How do you feel about things? It's wild. It's crazy. Like, I, I think I actually have this like reflection a couple of days ago. Well, like the week before, just the chaos ensued of last week. Yeah, It was just like, I haven't even been here a year yet. This is just everything that I've accomplished. I feel like I've done so much since I've been with AEW, since I've been with Ring of Honor, that yeah. like, this is more than what I've done in like two, three years at WWE, I feel like, as far as character development, as far as like having these matches every single week, day in, day out, just being a little snarky asshole at times on TV, which <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy. And I'm Poor just Lexi, of- just always at the brunt. Of some bullshit. <laughs> you know what? If you came through to the cookout, Renee, maybe things would go different. <laughs> I avoid it. I'm, I'm not there. I'm not there for it. I feed Lexi to the wolves. Get it, girl. <laughs> Fair. But, you know, like, it's it's really cool to just kind of sit back and just, like, this week in just particular, because, like, I don't think I've had a week like this in my career, just, like, ever. Just going from Emmy to Yuka, and now I'm going to Miyu. It's humbling it's exciting it's anxiety driven and it's just like I have a division on my shoulders and Mm -hmm. like just that pressure is on to deliver because I think a lot of people do want to see Ring of Honor fail I think they want to be the I told you so Tony I told you so guys you know and just the talent here is just not willing to let that happen so of course that pressure's on that not only we want to be in the conversation of a dynamite of a rampage of a raw of a smackdown but not only that we want to be above that so yeah. it's it's just like the entire locker room feels that way. And just going into it, we're just like, we got to do this. What are you doing? Hell yeah. You go and do it. You know, it, it, it's fine. It's awesome. What a funny dynamic. And like the way you said it is like everybody is waiting for it to fail and to think that way and feel that way. If that's like, you know, what you're seeing on, whether it's on your Twitter timeline or the conversations mm-hmm. that are being had or whatever. Like, what does it feel like to be a part of something like that and not really knowing like, okay, Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor. Now it's going to turn into whatever Mm -hmm. it's going to evolve into to you now being the Ring of Honor uh, Women's World Champion. Yeah, I guess just like that pressure to make something be successful. I know that you put a lot of thought into everything that you do in the ring, outside the ring. What are some of the things that you think about to help make Ring of Honor successful and to make this run as good as it can be? You know, I remember when I was on the Indies like 10 years ago, when I got the privilege to finally be selected for like a Ring of Honor tryout match. I just remember like how much hard work it put me that got me there, that put me in that position. And just knowing that I wasn't going to let that go, I wasn't going to take that for granted because at that time, very few women could be in Ring of Honor, if that makes sense. Like you had Sarah Del Rey, you had Daisy Hayes, Allison Danger, you had these women that it kind of put the foundation for yeah. that. And people are like, oh, that was awesome. We saw a women's match. And that was kind of the reaction. And if you go back and watch those matches uh, of like your Sarah Dore's, Daisy Hayes, Lacey, 
all of these women, cheerleader Melissa in there as well, mischief that like laid this foundation. You're like, how did I never know that this was a thing? Because these women were out there killing it way before yeah. we ever did. You I mean, know? those and- are still so much of like the names that if you talk to female mm-hmm. wrestlers, those names will come up every time. Exactly. And just knowing that that's where the foundation was, seeing the journey of its ups and downs throughout the Ring of Honor Women's Division, because a lot of the times I don't want to say anything negative because there's nothing negative to say and I don't want it to be twisted that way. It's just like either there were women matches there or there weren't. Then you saw the resurgence of the Ring of Honor Women's Division with Deanna Perrazzo and that group there of like, okay, we're getting back to the core. We're getting back to what we know. And then in that transition of Tony buying it, it's like, okay, the foundation has been laid for years and years and years, even before I started wrestling. The foundation has been there to have that and wanting to elevate it, wanting it to evolve and make it mean something. That's kind of where my head is every step of the way. It's building up opponents, whether they win or lose. And honestly, I don't know what happens with me until I get to the arena day of, to be honest with you. And it's just going in and trying to make it every match feel like a big fight feel, making every opponent within Ring of Honor feel important so they can grasp onto. Like my goal as the bad guy is to be that monster that everyone hates, to be that person that you want to see get beat down. That at the end of the day, when I step up, it's like, you can't deny that, right? So it's, it's, it's kind of going in and just saying, hey, what do we need to do to make this thrive? And I think as a locker room, we've all bunched together and we've said, we're not taking no for an answer and we're not going to let them shove us to the wayside. How different is the Ring of Honor locker room as opposed to the AEW locker room? Is there a different vibe between the two? I don't know, because it's weird for me because I frequent both. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I feel like... You got intel. You're like a double agent. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, we have the Ring of Honor division within the AEW division as well. Some of yeah. us work Dark, Dark Elevation, as well as doing Ring of Honor. So normally I'm double tapping every single Uh, Mm -hmm. week that I'm there doing something for Ring of Honor, doing something for Dark Elevation or Dark, whichever. It's all my show. I don't care. But (laughs) like, I I just think that we're so hungry. I I can see like the spark in their eyes of like, you'll see a sky blue come up and she's like, hey, Athena. Her wheels are always spinning, huh? Dude, how do you feel if I jump off this top rope, do this, 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 and I'm sitting here like, (laughs) girl, (laughs) Girl, that's that's insane. It's crazy. She's constantly trying to elevate and evolve and push herself. And it's something I really love about Sky. You have Queen Aminata who just like kicks some. I think she actually kicked Sky Blue's soul through a rope. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus, like if, if me of all that. people, if me of all people are saying, oh, my God, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I I just feel like we're just hungry. We're hungry and dedicated to being the best right now. And I mean, like, you have your storylines on Dynamite Rampage, not taking anything away from those women there because they all bust their ass. They work hard as well. But like, we're trying to overshadow them. I know that 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 is exactly what we're trying to do. We want to make Ring of Honor the brand to watch within, I, I guess, the all elite brand, even though we're our own separate thing. Like, that's what we want you guys to do. We want you to watch. So we're going to go out there. We're going to sacrifice our bodies for the sake of entertainment and say, watch that follow that because I know that's how we felt like when we had our tapings in Orlando all the girls were like follow that boys what's up <laughs> you know and just, we went out there and we did it with a smile on our face and I remember like just seeing all the women at the ring of honor taping like just supporting each other which I've never really had that um since I've been at AEW like as far as the locker room watching every single match um I feel at ring of honor like I remember having this match with Willow main eventing the entire taping having to be there at 9 a.m and like we went on super late in the night I think like 10 p.m 11 p.m so this crowd had seen like 14 14 hours of wrestling by this point in time where it feels like an astronomical amount and then just going out there killing it getting everyone to stand on their feet me and willow walking to the back and the entire women's locker room was there just like hell yeah we killed it and that meant the world to me um because it's not something you see on a regular basis because of the travel schedules because 
you know, you've been on the road. You see it. It's like, all right, y'all. I see y'all on the TV. Y'all kill it. Love y'all. Yeah. And we're off to the next town, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like, love y'all. And then you send the text, girl killed it, you know? But it means a lot for people to just actually stay back and watch. Yeah. And like, I try to do the same if I don't have to do anything. But normally I choose to go after the tapings uh, if I have to film something just because like, I know I can get the crowd. I know that we can entertain them after they've seen that and they're going to get something different every single time. Um, You talking about you and Willow being able to main event um, a night like that and, you know, coming off the heels of WrestleMania, being able to see what Bianca Belair has been able to do. I mean, even from her entrance onto the match that she had with Asuka, um, how do you feel about the representation for two black girls to go out and to be able to be the main event of a night like that and just a representation, whether it's in Ring of Honor or in AEW? I think it's really cool. Like I remember when I was on the Indies and it was just like there was one black woman per state, it seemed like. And it very much so seemed like, all right, we got our token black girl here. We're good, guys. And I remember going to other states and being like, oh, well, we booked you because you're really talented and you're African-American and we're looking to try to bring in more people from that. And that was a thing, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's not something I really liked but if it, hey, it paid the bills, whatever. But like over time, it was like, I went back and I started looking at wrestling and I was like, wow, what was my representation for our African-American culture when I was watching? It was Jacqueline, it was Jazz, you know? And that was about it, you know? Yeah, like there yeah. were a couple, like don't dirty sheets, don't come at me. I know that there were more, <laughs> but like, that was that was it. That was our representation yeah. at that time of like those top tier stars. So yeah. it's like you come back and you look at it. You see Bianca Belair, Mercedes Monet, nay, uh, Trinity. Sorry, Trinity. That's a new one. <laughs> Trinity, myself, Caden um, Carter. Like you see all of these women, Willow Nightingale, Trisha Dora, Queen Amanada. Like we are powerful. We are strong. And like we are not going to be like denied any longer. And it's yeah. not only it's not a marketing thing anymore. It's like, Hey, if you're good, you're good. And you deserve to be there. So when me and Willow got that opportunity, not only as like black women, but just as entertainers, like to go out there and show the world what we could do. Like yeah. it meant the world to me. Cause like at the end of the day, like I won the title and I didn't realize I was the first African-American woman to win the oh, ROH championship. I did not yeah. know that, yeah. you know? So like, that's even a cool moment of like, Oh man, that's crap. Like, like that's, <laughs> that's not crap but like it's awesome <laughs> sorry i haven't slept in three days y'all so y'all are getting the it's most been a long week it's it's been a, a week. week i got flight cancellations we got in just in time to come do this all right so y'all and are gonna computer updates on top of that everything computer. when it rains it pours always computer update cat coming in here and messing up court y'all are getting all of it today um so it's just it's like just long and the short it's just a really cool moment to have the opportunity to go out there and just share the ring with not someone um that I think gets that spotlight a lot of the time because I love Willow Nightingale like I remember being on the being in WWE seeing her come up and I was like who is this and she just always made me smile yeah. like just to my core and then like just being able to have a match with the storyline that like fed up fed up to it like i i just was like oh, yeah this is, this is awesome piece of that yeah um Very you fun. mentioned trinity who yes. i believe was front row at your match with yuka oh uh, was she i <laughs> yeah what, what's your reaction to to trinity first of all now being a free agent mm -hmm. but if she's kind of taking a little interest in what's going on uh in ring of honors specifically in your career um, I love Trin first off, like Trin, Trin and I, uh, didn't get to have a lot of interactions in WWE. It yeah, was always when, didn't. when like, it was, it was very funny. Cause I remember the first money in the bank, when we all found out we were the money in the bank, we like kind of paired up and we were like, Hey girl, what we do, what we doing, you know? And then like in the rumble, like it, it's just weird. Like any type of multi-person situation, me and Trin always found each other, like the rumble. Um, what was it? The, uh, battle Royal. Uh, the women's battle royal for the mania show mm -hmm. like we always just kind of found each other but we never got to complete anything that we started um so for her to come out and like one like just after i got released she like stayed in touch which is very important to me like we talk almost every day we send each other terrible funny instagram videos <laughs> and and just like it's it's some it's someone that like i've built a relationship with as a sister 
after once I left. And I, and I appreciate her so much because when we both found out we were in town, we were like, we got to see each other. We got to see each other. And I go, Hey girl, why don't you come watch the show? And I thought she was going to stay in the back. She goes, girl, I ain't staying in the back. I'm going front row. You know who I am. And I was like, okay. uh," You know? And then like, it was really funny because like, I I was so happy to see her and stuff like that. And then like, I remember being post-match and I raised the belt up. I'm like, yeah. And I look at Trent and she's mean mugging me. I was like, hold up. Hold up. What's this? What's this? You know, um, it, it's funny because I, I genuinely love her. I think she's extremely talented. Got the short end of the stick every single time. Oh my God. Yes. And she's one of those people that I need that match with. I don't care if it's for uh, an indie show, someone's backyard which no she won't do that for all y'all she, thinking she that right now no. uh, neither will i for, <laughs> for that matter but like it, it's a cool moment to just like be able to get one step closer to what hopefully will be a dream match in my future um i know we've just like i don't know i just i want the best for her that's at the end of the day that's it it doesn't matter if she comes after my ring of honor championship or not i want the best for her i want her to be happy and whether she comes to ring of honor or goes elsewhere in the world like i just want her to be happy and thrive wherever she goes she has so much to offer and i really feel like she's you know, she really always has kind of been like that unsung hero. We all know how damn good she is, mm-hmm. how talented she is. And I just feel like that ball was never properly handed off to her to run with. I mean, you know, yeah. she had her championship run and we got to see a little bit of that. I got to see some of those little glimpses, but mm-hmm. I just feel like we only saw the tip of the iceberg of what we could get with somebody yeah. like Trin. And I think really seeing Trin unleash and seeing her just do her, be her, talk like her, put on matches that she wants to have, like, God, I would love to see. Yeah, her. I just I just want to see someone take their handcuffs off. Like, yes. you know what I mean? She's already got them off. Now, like, let's now see what? if she can fly. I want yeah. to see what she can do because this is coming from someone that shared a ring with her that's done a little bit of something here and there. Like, Bar none. I'm going to tell y'all right now, y'all ain't ready for Trinity. <laughs> y'all ain't ready for Trinity. You really are. Like, no, I, no, I agree. I, I, and I'm, I do agree with you as well. Like, I just want like the best for her. I want just whatever's going to make her happy. You know, you kind of go through the the grind for as long as she has. It's like, what's going to make your heart go pitter patter right now? Find that. Yeah. Taste that like, thing. I, th- I think that's it. Like she has to find that like, yeah. and no one can say it for her. And I think she's getting to that point where she's trying to figure out what she wants to do. Yeah. Um, talk to me about your match with Yuka Sakazaki. Um, Cause damn, you guys tore it <laughs> up. Um, how are you feeling physically? I mean, to go through everything that you went through, like you said, it's been a long week. You just mm-hmm. got off the plane. Where, yeah. where are you feeling? Um, Mentally and physically sore. <laughs> Um, like I got in last night, went and saw the Dungeons and Dragons movie because nerd nerd alert nerd and then forgot that I had a contractor coming to the house to do something this morning. That's why I'm all frazzled and chaosy. So I've just been going and going and going and going. And then tonight I have to go run a wrestling training session. So like, so like, I I don't yourself a moment. No, no. Like this is (laughs) like. People say that all the time, but when you care about something like I do, like I care about this business, man, like when, when we first come into it, they tell you, don't expect anything from this business. Don't take anything away from it. But like, this is my heart next to my husband and my cats. Like it's two hearts right there in my soul, wrestling, husband, cats. Like this is what I love. And I love this business. I love helping people within this business. And I just can't get enough. Like maybe it's punishment. Like I'll, I'll rest when I retire. I kind of feel that way, but like, yeah, this is, this is my life. And so coming off of, I requested to work in me. I, I got my match with Yuka. I'm getting my match with Miyu Yamashita, you know, like, I'm trying to prove to the world, like everything that I didn't get to do in WWE. I didn't get those high profile matches. Like I had a few, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking that away, but I never got the matches that really elevated me as a character and a performer in the ring. And I've always been that type of person that's been about the match. That's been about the story of the match. What can we do? What's that crazy thing? Like, even since I've been on the Indies, like, and, and constantly now, like between all of this, I'm going to be watching so much film. (laughs) And we had the privilege of working uh, together before, but like, this is just what I do. Like I, I wouldn't be, who I am today without pro wrestling, I'd probably be some shy accountant 
or uh, like veterinarian somewhere in the world. I don't I don't know. But like full gigs. But wrestling is in your blood. But wrestling, like it just like it's in my soul. It's in my Mm -hmm. core. It's like when I go to sleep, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about what's the next thing we're going to do. I wake up. I'm like, oh, what jacket can I make for my next big entrance? Like this is where my brain is 24 seven. Like even my husband knows he's like, you're just never not going to stop thinking about stuff, are you? Because we'll we'll watch a TV show and I'll be like, oh, that action scene was really cool. I wonder if we could go A, B, C, D, F and now turn that into a wrestling situation. He's like, and he'll look at me in the theater like, could you just enjoy the fact that we're watching a rom-com right now and the guy just fell off a cliff or something? Like, could you just enjoy that? I don't understand how you turned it into wrestling. But like, this is just my passion. That's that's it. For anybody that's in the professional wrestling business, it's too hard of a business to not fully give yourself to. And I mm-hmm. think that that sort of generally applies to, to most people within the wrestling mm-hmm. world. But you are in a different category, I would say, in terms of what your passion is and how much you think about this. And I got a really good glimpse of that when we were doing backstage together. When you were out with an injury, you came in, you're doing backstage and me just seeing the way that you think about wrestling, the way you look at wrestling, the way you want to talk about wrestling. Talk to me about that passion. (laughs) I mean, where does that start from? I know you started watching it with your grandfather, right? Mm -hmm. It was either that or chores. And I just oh, was not about enough. that. I was not about that life. And and to be honest, like as a kid, I had no clue what the hell I was watching. I was like, this is stuff on the black. Yeah, grandma. Woo. Like he would cheer sure. and then like she'd come and peep her head around the corner. Be like, Woo. Like I'm. Yeah. You know, like, please don't make me do dishes and chores. Yeah. Um, but then like the older I got, the more I started understanding it. Like I said, like I. Like I got bullied as a kid. So like, what was that, that about? To- what are those little fuckers doing to you? Oh, Let's call them up. Know, I, <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> I'm so petty. I certainly would if I could. I'm sitting here. I'm like, yes, let's do it. And then I'm sitting here. That might not be a good idea for me. Isn't it funny though? Like when there is like when you're a kid and so like if it's like one person, a handful of people that have been like pestering you, you will never forget their names you'll never forget all the little details about these little fuckers like it is it is in you I don't I don't know man it's 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 without that in my life I don't think I would have gotten to where I am because like wrestling resurged back then like I get shoved in a locker almost every day like those little half lockers not even the full ones you see on like stayed by the bell I got the half lockers so short I'd just be in there like oh my god you know and I remember the one girl that stuck up for me, like was a massive wrestling fan. She loved WWF at the time. And, you know, I was like, well, I got to like WWF too now. Cause I got a homie now. And like, she was kind of like my first real friend in, mm-hmm. in middle school at that time. And I just remember like watching like Stephanie McMahon and like hurricane and all of these like crazy out there characters, crash Holly honestly right to censor like I love right to censor like and I love (laughs) Ivory even more she puts the biggest smile on my face every time I get to see her in person (laughs) and you know like I just saw these characters but like they could say what they want to say they could do what they wanted to do and if someone got in their face they stepped up and then they pro wrestled about it (laughs) you know whereas (laughs) like anytime I would try to speak up for myself I would end up in a locker so I found this like really big fascination with just having that independence of character, having that like confidence in self. And I had none of that. So like, that's kind of around the time that I altered my entire life from trying to be a professional soccer player at the time to being a pro wrestler. And I remember going on to like the dial up internet, going to the OVW website. And like, if you're under 18 and you want to be a wrestler, here's the things to do. And they have this little checklist. I have it somewhere still. And so I printed it out on a purple piece of Crayola paper. I can tell you exactly what color the piece of paper is. And I would just go through. It's like, eat, say, do a sport. Do all the sports check mark right there. It'd be like be in theater or cheerleading or dance. And I'm like, we need to fix that. So uh, my eighth grade year, I actually ended up trying out for the cheerleading squad. Did you make uh, it? Yes, I made it. <laughs> Hell yeah. First time in the state of Texas with competition cheer elsewhere, like everywhere, everywhere. Like cheerleading is a whole nother beast in Texas. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but like ended up making the team, like did all that jazz and then just got accepted to uh, University of Kentucky, which is 20 minutes from OVW because I wanted to get a scholarship to go to that school so I could go train at OVW. Then I got one um, 
I applied for University of Georgia as well, got a partial scholarship for that because uh, there was a, a WWA4, I think at the time was in Atlanta training. And I think they had just had- What Molly was your scholarship Hall. for? I had one for cheerleading. I had one for soccer. I tried to get one for softball and then I have one for academics. Yeah. Uh, but, like, but every Overachiever, school- Overachiever, well, <laughs> well, my parents were very just like school or bus, school or bus, school or bus. You can't finish school. Like you're not going to be anything in the world. Suck it, mom and dad. I did it. Uh, <laughs> they're going to call me after this comes out. i be like, what'd you say? Excuse me? Like, but you know, they just insulted me. Like education is the key to success, you know, mm-hmm. but like my thought was education can get me to my success. Yeah. Um, so I got accepted to all these schools. I didn't get to go to either of them because the out-of-state fees were just so much once you went over and the scholarships basically only covered that. Um, so I ended up going to community college where I actually ended up getting to play real college ball uh, for soccer. So I did that for a year there. And then at that time, I was training with uh, Skandar Akbar. Uh, I found a school that was local. Uh, so I started training around that time as well and just kind of fell in love with it and just kept so on going. As an athlete, though, for you to be playing all these different sports, then you're mm-hmm. training, getting into wrestling. This is already a lot mm-hmm. of wear and tear on your body. Yeah, um, I played soccer since I was like six. Uh, I was playing select or clubs by like 11 or 12. I stayed in that till I got to high school because they were like, oh, you have to do one or the other. Plus my age range, everyone disappeared. So it was just me. Mm. Uh, So I went full bore into just doing soccer for the school. My school sucked. So that wasn't (laughs) fine. But yeah, I just ended up just kind of balancing everything. Like I, I was very, I was always very good at that in high school. Now, not so much, but like I was a straight A student Then I played softball, tennis, soccer, uh, then did cheerleading at the time as well. I dabbled in the theater stuff because I would help read scripts and stuff on the side uh, to help, you know, hone the skill. skill. And so I was balancing all of this stuff throughout my entire high school. And then I got to college and I was like, man, this school stuff's kind of stupid. Uh. <laughs> you know, I, I, like I said, like I went to community college for a little bit. Then I went to university of Texas at Arlington or UTA, which is where we had the ring of honor pay-per-view uh, where I won the title. Uh, I actually lived across the street. Oh, wow. <laughs> from, I used to live at the dorm across the street from the venue and the venue used to be the parking lot I illegally parked in and I got tickets all the time. So it was very fun experience. Dude, you're so busy. Like, do you ever take your foot off the gas pedal? It seems like you just are a go, 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 go person all the time. Um, I try, but like my week goes Monday night, we have training. Tuesday is kind of my day. And even then, if something goes wrong, I'm at the school. So we have training Monday through Thursday. Tuesday, I try to be hands off, but sometimes I like to dabble. But Monday is my training class. Tuesday is kind of my day to pack and get myself oriented to go back on the road on Wednesday. Wednesday, I'm at work all day. Thursday, I come back. I sleep for half the day. And then normally I'm doing some sort of thing for the show that we run. Then Friday is kind of a getting ready for our show that we run on Saturday. Holy so we run a weekly oh wrestling. God, you're making me tired. <laughs> I, I, run a, I was busy. Shit. So we uh, have a weekly wrestling show that we purchased like right around the time. That I got signed. So like I wasn't planning for all of this, but Saturday we have our show. Then Sunday I play Dungeons and Dragons like the nerd that I am every week. Um, it's my <laughs> do weekly you have game. like a crew that you do that with? I okay. sure do every week. So do that for like all day Sunday just to do the whole thing over again. So maybe I get like one day off a week sometimes, maybe. But normally like in that time period, I'm either making my jackets for work or like trying to figure out something crazy for the house. I I don't know. Like I have a whole bunch of like side projects that I'm doing right now. So I can be like that a little bit too, where you start all these different projects because my brain also works like a million miles a minute. And then sometimes I'm like, oh fuck, I forgot to finish this. Oh, I didn't finish this. Now I've got this. I've got to finish. Is that I'm I'm one of those weird people that I cannot start a project and move on to the next because then this project will never get done smart smart. so i have to do one project at a time um like same same thing with video games i cannot play multiple video games at the same time like i don't get how people do that it's like nope i have to complete this story now we can play the (laughs) next game because like i have so many games that i just haven't finished because of that same thing so like i actually just ended up making my husband a jacket um 
here, I'll text it to you here in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I actually ended up making him a jacket and he was like, well, babe, you just need to work on yours right now. You just need to. And I'm like, no, because this will never get done <laughs> if I don't do it. So it's one of those things that I try my best to um, multitask as much as possible. But like, it's like, all right, I'll have one video game project which i love playing video games and like i hope to be like a play tester soon uh, oh. then i have a gear project which i do that once every quarter then i have my husband's gear project which is like he'll he'll be like he'll ask for something so small and be like do you think i could do something like this and i'm like oh yeah that sounds simple so i was only uh i'm gonna text this to you scroll down do you drink or have any like bad vices i don't think so I drink on occasion. I don't drink a lot. Like, are I you think, like um, a smoker or anything? You seem like your brain is too like fired up and like pure to be tainted <laughs> by all the bullshit. Uh, I probably have a caffeine addiction. I think that that's my uh, biggest okay, addiction. There it is. Okay. Um, but that's also because I'm an insomniac because my mm. brain runs 24 seven. So like, I'll get tired. I just sent them over to you. So all my husband wanted me to do was just like, rhinestone his letters on the oh, back shit. of the jacket that's great and then i added all those studs on there the chains all of it i just go on a whole little world if like i get a project and i'm like oh and he's like well is it done yet i go i don't think so i think i want to add this 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 this, this. this is you like, just a get in, like a crazy zone where you are just like honed in I on do. it you've got some music playing you're like in your own little world i actually watch um terrible all right so it's not terrible but i watch the curse of oak island okay I, which is one of my favorite shows that i really want to go visit nova scotia this <laughs> island never been but like i've always wanted to go just to see the island and stuff because i think it's just a cool show i got stuck in um a hotel room in canada and that's the only reason i w knew about this show because that was the only thing in english it's on netflix right no, no, it's on Hulu now. Like, oh. but it might be on Netflix. I've been watching it live for almost like six years and they have like 20 seasons. <laughs> real time, baby. Real time, baby. So like, That's yeah, so but funny. I just, I just kind of get an idea in my head. Like I remember like I wanted to do Black Adam. I wanted to do Shazam and we just couldn't make that stuff work out. So like it became, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? So even like the entrance at Ring of Honor was really cool because I just had an idea to change up my Tron. Because mm -hmm. I just think that we're past the clouds and stuff with it, to be honest. Sure. We're still working on it. We're still trying to figure it out. But like, I was like, what about a doll shattering? And then they're like, oh, and then like between uh, Mike Mansuri, Sanjay Dutt and uh, Ruckus, like they just created this whole concept for that. And I was like, dang it, I could have got like porcelain doll heads and put Ooh, it on a jacket been cool. and been extra creepy. But like, I just didn't have enough time because I had to switch projects too many times. Um but yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm rambling because I get like really excited about like building stuff. As I mentioned backstage when you and I were doing that, now I like from doing that with you and having you on here, I mm -hmm. understand now the way your brain works where like you get you excited about something and we are fucking talking yeah. about it. Yeah, but we're like, getting into it. I, th I think it's because I genuinely love everything about yeah. wrestling. And like, yeah. and then once you wrestle, you travel the world, you train with different people, you see different people's I guess their opinions and stuff, see what applies, see what works, what doesn't work. Like Terry Taylor is one of my favorite people because he would tell me something. To this day, this still happens, by the way. He'll tell me a piece of advice and I'm like, bull crap, Terry, that'll never happen. And then I'll be in a situation where it happens and I'll be like, damn it, Terry Taylor told me this would happen. And then you do exactly what he told you to do. And then it's like magic. And you're like, damn it, Terry. Now I have to call and text you six years later and be like, thank you for that one piece of advice. I appreciate you, you know, but I also love Terry Taylor too. Um, but like, that's it. It's just wrestling is so cool. Like it can be anything. It can be self versus self it can be self versus man self versus obstacle like there's so many different genres and so many different stories to tell and there's never the same day it works so when you're looking at pro wrestling like I don't look at it as a wrestler I look at it as a fan if that makes sense no I think that's smart. like what would I want to see happen mm -hmm. what what do I think they want to see happen like and then like I'll ask people like hey in this scenario what do you want to see like if person a and person b this is this and I don't tell them what it's about obviously but I just want to get their opinion and see how their brain operates and reacts to that mm -hmm. and then I just kind of mold that into something
Hey guys, thanks for coming to hang out here on the sessions. A friendly reminder that you can hang out with me in more than one place because I'm also on AMP. Just download the app, come hang out with us Tuesdays and Thursdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Just get a little more sessions in your life. We all need it. Your wheels must have just been spinning and going crazy to, to okay, be released from WWE. Mm-hmm. You show up, as I mentioned, you're coming up on a year with AEW, with Ring of Honor as well. Mm-hmm. But to to now have this sort of like clean slate, what do you want to do? Like, was that an <laughs> easy concept for you to wrap your head no. around? Okay. No, no okay. because um, in WWE, you have a lot of cooks in the kitchen, yeah. uh, for lack of a better explanation. So you always have someone say, oh, I think you should do this. Oh, I think you should do that. And so when I left WWE, um, there was this weird void that like, I felt like there was no pressure. That was the very first thing. I remember the phone call happened. I was like, oh, thank God. Uh, and I just remember like sitting back and I finished like uh, Far Cry 6, finished the final level of that, like took me eight extra hours to do that. And then like it finally dawned on me. Oh, crap. What am I going to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> I got we just was to pay. Yeah, we just bought this house and it was like, OK, I didn't know if I wanted to wrestle anymore, to be honest with you. I was okay. just sitting there like, oh, well, I got to wrestle because that's the only thing I'm good at. I never got that whole degree thing. But yeah, it became like, what do you want to do? You know, like I've always had an interest in doing stunt work and going into acting and doing voiceover. So, you know, it became throughout my break, I took acting lessons because everyone always um, stated that like, even, you know, we, we listen, we don't want to, to the Twitter trolls and stuff like that. But like, I felt like in WWE, my weakest area was my promos Mm. and because of one too many cooks in the kitchen which is um, funny because here you are like you're a talker you are a talker I am a talker yeah and I've always been that like on the independent scene like I used to cut my own promos all the time and yeah. like I I've never felt like this was something that scared me or troubled me and like I think my promo actually ended up getting me signed you know um to WWE at the time. But when I left, it was like, I couldn't read scripts. It was very obvious that I was not good at reading scripts that I just couldn't cut that. And so most of my break, I spent acting lessons, taking voiceover classes, doing some auditions, just trying to get my brain working in a different way. And that opened my eyes to more storytelling aspects and little subtle things that I was missing, Yeah, um, I think as a character. And so when I full board got here, it was still the good guy. I still had a couple really good promos in there with jade yeah and then it became okay thank you for that like we'll call you when we have something but you know here's dark and then it became okay the entire time i was like what can i do and i just felt lost for a while it's like no one's telling me i'm doing a bad job no one's you know like everyone's like you're great you're doing great and i was like why what is happening you know <laughs> And it's almost like a little bit of that WWE PTSD that sits in of like, am am I going to be in catering for four months? (laughs) Oh oh my God. You know, I mean, the benefit is, is like, I love the fact that when I come to work, I always have something to do, whether it be dark, dark elevation, rampage, whatever. I love that about this job because I don't know if I can mentally come to work and not do anything that would like probably kill me more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, it's been this wild ride because Toronto happened, baby. And sure I remember did. I remember just everyone being like, well, you know, we can just keep doing, you know, we're just going to turn your baby face next week. And it's fine. I'm like, and I was like, you know, what? let me run with this. Like in and, and a big, big props to my husband for just being like, nope, we're pro wrestlers. We run with this. We yes. And we don't say no and take it back. We yes. And mm-hmm. he's like, you should know this. And I was like, okay. Then we yes ended and yes ended. And then like, holy crap, this blew up better than I thought it was going to of just having all of these crazy ideas, having really awesome input from um, the AEW staff to like, that was when the, the input, someone was like, oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do this. And everyone, it felt like that. Okay, I'm doing something right because now everyone's telling me, oh, you should try this. Oh, you should do this. Mark Henry's one of those people like, man, <laughs> I ain't gonna let you hit me like that, man. I'm like, Mark, <laughs> you lifted like you drove like two 18 wheelers down the road once. Like, I, what are you talking about? Like me hitting you, you know? Also, I will if you it, just say the word, Mark, I got you. Um, but it was like a really cool, like, just like, okay, I'm on the right turn. I'm on the right track. I'm on the right track. And then just trying to build off of that, right? 
Like, so we had done the heel turn for a little while, a couple months before I did the rampage match where I hit Aubrey. So it was like, Hey, let me hit the ref. Let me hit the ref. Let me, I need this definitive screw the world moment. And like the trust was there, which is something I'm not used to, but like, I'm always willing to take that risk. Like a thousand, a thousand, a million percent of time. I'll take the risk because like, when you feel something is right, you feel it's right. Like I'm always open to suggestion. I'm always open to input because like at the end of the day, it's not just me in the ring. It's more than one person in there. Yeah. And you're only as good as the other person allows you to be. Um, and you're only as good as the writing allows you to be. But like something about it just feels so cool, so unique, like that I have this constant collaboration with the AEW writing staff, the creative team there mixed with some of the boys in the back would be like, man, I think you should do this. And, and it's this really cool thing that is just kind of merged into this entity that is me right now. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. You mentioned a second ago about not knowing if you were going to continue to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to us doing backstage, I remember when there was that moment when we were talking about your injury and there yeah. was so much uncertainty for you about Mm -hmm. what was going on. And I think that that must've been a pretty scary time then to kind of wonder what your career was looking like then, but to be back where you are now feeling good. What is that like kind of feeling like your career is slipping through your fingers without being in control of that? It's very anxiety driven. Um, Like we all talk about mental health, but I don't think there's anyone mentally stronger in the world than like pro athletes and pro wrestlers because the stuff that we have to deal with on a daily basis and then just go okay yeah you know like it's 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 mentally draining and to just go through the achilles thing like the the terror was chaotic and like when i did backstage i found out like the night before all of that was happening and then it was like you gotta suck it up and go to work girl and i just i think it was mark or booker said something and i just broke down and could booker yeah yeah it was it just i just broke down and i i just couldn't control myself and like to this day it's just like one of those like oh i'm glad i did it because so many people like the right people reached out we got me back on my feet but like it was it was scary. And to sit there and think like this is something I've dedicated so much time and love and effort into. And I remember having the feeling of when I left WWE, I didn't know if I loved this anymore. Right. And like that's the one thing that they tell you when you stop loving it, it's time to get out. It's a right? scary feeling. You're like, how do I fall back in love with this? I know it's a thing that I love mm-hmm. and I know I have unfinished business with it. But how do I ignite that flame again? Yeah. And I remember um, like just being like, well all right, my 90 days are up and I have this match with Thunder Rosa. And I just was like, you know, we're just going to go out there and get the, I remember thinking I'm just going to go out there and get the paycheck because I have to pay the mortgage on this house. (laughs) That was what I, and did that make you sad to feel like that? It did. It made me feel just like scummy and grimy because I've never been about the money. I've never been about the money. I've been about the passion and the creativity of what we do in the ring. Mm-hmm. And then going into this match, just being like, yeah, girl, da, da, da. And then going out there through everything we talked about outside of the window. And we just went out there and just had fun. And it was awesome. And like, I'm just so thankful to be in the ring with someone like Thunder. Like, I, I know she gets a lot of grief and I don't think that she gets her proper dues, but I thoroughly enjoyed wrestling with thunder i'll do it a billion times over but the one thing like after the match i have never been like just emotionally broken to the point of happy tears yeah you can find this promo anywhere they handed me the mic which i did not want because i knew i was like emotionally compromised and i was like please don't do this Um, and I just remember thinking like, I almost gave all of this up. Sure. It's not in front of 25,000 people. It's not in front of like 10,000 people. It's in front of like five, 600 of the most passionate wrestling fans that appreciate every bump you take, every move you kick out of like, and props to warrior wrestling for making that happen. But it literally shook me to my core to the point where I was just crying because I was so happy and so just like, I, I don't even know the word to say, but it was like, I almost gave this up. I almost gave all of this yeah, up yeah. because someone else told me that I wasn't good enough. Someone else told me that I wasn't a star and like to sit there and know your worth and then question it is the most mentally draining thing that you yeah. can ever do. And I remember 
listening to um, Jericho's podcast, hearing him talk about his situation, listening to Mox's podcast and just sitting there. I'm like, these are top guys. Like these are, these are like the very top. And I'm like, if they're dealing with the same thing I'm dealing with, it doesn't matter how successful I would have been there. I probably would have been dealing with the same thing, but to still hear like their words and like, honestly, they don't know this. They will once this comes out, but just to hear the, those words was so much, um, it was so calming. It was, it was very just like peaceful to know that like, okay, I'm not alone in yeah. that struggle because I felt alone for years in WWE. Yeah. Um, and just to go out there, have all of that in my mind, go out here, do this match with Thunder Rosa. We kill it. We have an amazing uh, Broadway match. I was like, crap, how, how can I give this up? And it became fun again. Like it was like someone yeah. flipped a switch and it was like, oh, this is fun. Let's just sit it up. Like, and, and that brain turned on it. Creativity turned on me starting writing storylines turned on again. Me starting to go in my craft room and work on gear happened again. It just took like someone that was just as passionate about wrestling as I was to be in that mm-hmm. ring and do that with. That's cool as all hell. I love that. <laughs> Because it really is. I mean, when you are kind of in the trenches of like, what am I going to do next? Life is handing me some fucking L's right now and I Mm -hmm. need to figure it out. And then to finally see the light and like get that passion because there's it's a very scary feeling when you're so passionate for something. And then all of a sudden that is not there anymore. Mm -hmm. It's really scary. You're like, wow, is that part of my life just done now? Like, what, what do I fucking do now? I remember I thought I was fine. I really thought that I was, I was like, this is going to be great. We're going to move on to the next thing. And then I was like, I'm not fine. I'm not fine. I don't know how to move on to the next thing. Yeah. Am I going to go back to waiting tables? Oh my God. It's happen? so crazy. Like what a fear that can be. And I feel like, like I certainly always still feel fueled by that of like, oh my mm-hmm. God, like what am I going to go back to if I'm not doing some version of what I'm doing now? Like I don't have other skills. This yeah. is what I fucking do. This yeah. Is- my only other thing is waitressing <laughs> and I'm a shitty waitress. <laughs> he was too. <laughs> but I, excuse me, miss. What? Hmm? My appetizer. Oh, damn. Are you my table? Oh, I thought y'all were too. God. Okay. Wait, here's a good question. <laughs> what is a worse panic? The dream of not have like that your tables have not been waited on as a server or the dream of your music hitting you don't have your boots on you can't get your gear on so mine is always uh for the wrestling side it's always i can't find the entrance through the curtain oh shit and so i'm just swimming in a sea of black and i hear my music and people are like it's right there and i'm like i can't find it it's just (laughs) infinite curtain because (laughs) but for me uh, i think waiting tables is more traumatic to me and if you've waited tables for longer than two weeks, you will understand why. Because I haven't waited tables in almost 13, 14 years, and I still have these nightmares. I am a pro wrestler every day of my life, so that's normal that I have nightmares. I, I still have nightmares about the very first restaurant that I worked at when I was 17. <laughs> I actually do too. I still think about that shit. And it's because I mean, people are fucking mean. If you mess up their order, you forget to put something in or whatever. People go out to dinner, they want the experience. And if you are not able to deliver, you will hear about it. I'm petty, (laughs) but a hangry family of four at Outback Steakhouse is the most pettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because then they'll spite not tip you, not knowing that you have to pay the busters, the hostess, and the restaurant yeah, just the way tables out. Oh, my oh. God. That's so funny. <laughs> um, okay. So your year is coming up. End of May. We're going to be back out to double or nothing yes. again in Las Vegas. Um, that will put the pin in one year for you uh, with AEW, with Ring of Honor. What else mm-hmm. do you want to do? You're you're rattling off some of these dream matches that you've already been able to have. Some of the, some of the matches that yes. you've been having is a little bit of a bucket list. Um, what else is kind of on this this vision board for you? Other than me doing like fancy stuff in my craft room, um, I really want to wrestle Jamie Hayter. I really want to wrestle Tony yeah. Storm. There were so many like missed match opportunities that I didn't get. Jamie Hayter um, looks like she hits real hard. Bring that on. She huh? hits hard, but I hurt people. So yeah. we'll see how that works out. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, like I would love to wrestle Soraya. Like, I feel like there's so many matches I haven't yet gotten to, but I think if I'm going to throw like a shot in the dark, I would love to be uh, the first ever, I hopefully think first ever multiple female champion uh, within AEW and Ring of Honor. Like that just kind of seems like icing on the cake whether that be the tbs championship jay girl you know i love someone's got to take her down or if it's a jamie hater girl we'll see what happens yeah. uh but i i think that that's like at the top of my bucket list but like honestly like i really want to go to japan i've never gotten to wrestle there um in my entire career like it just every time it seems like it's going to happen something falls through something bad happens or you know I just am unable to do it. Um, so that's like my goal to go and do like a nice little tour, whether it be um, Japan, Australia, uh, the UK, which I know AEW is supposed to be going yeah. there. So hopefully I get selected to go on that. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is just like, I really want people to look at. Wait, Ring did you never do any of the UK shows with WWE? I did, but it's different. Right. It's, right, right. it's different. Course. Right. Like, like the UK is some of the best fans in the whole day. Oh my planet. God. I'm going to yeah. say it first and foremost, they're Real loud, loud, they're rowdy. And like, it's, it's not so much that I want to look at that. I've never wrestled in the UK. I just want to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to do it again. I get um, it. Yeah. But like Australia was really fun. I'd love to go back to Australia. I'd love to get like top, top three places right now i really gotta go to japan i've never gotten to wrestle there i've been once uh but i i have to wrestle in japan like before like i'm ready to hang up those boots i don't i, I don't. feel like it's so you like i it's actually shocking to me that you've not wrestled there I would um, assume for sure that you've already done that <laughs> so when i was on the indies uh, i never got the opportunity to go to japan but the japanese fans would come over from um to shimmer sorry come to shimmer and they coined me the american joshi which is how i got the nickname in oh, the first so place funny. then uh, a company i worked for at the time like shortly after i got that nickname they had a championship called the american joshi championship which is still one of my favorite titles that i've ever had um on the independent scene i ended up winning that and holding that for like a year or two as well so like that's just what i was kind of known for for the long yeah time. but i like I just appreciated that strong style, the hard hitting, the technicality mixed mm-hmm. with the high flying. And I like altered my entire style on the, on the indies to be that person, to be like the American Joshi. And so like, I got to wrestle uh, Akio Hamada. Uh, I actually wrestled Cheetah at Shimmer. Um, so many amazing Japanese women like Ray. I never got the privilege to work with Leon. Um, Tomoko Nagagawa like so I've, I've I have a nice little extensive like yeah. bucket list but like honestly I need to wrestle Asha Kong at least once in my life um <laughs> I, I just super super fangirl like but like honestly if you look at everything that she's done in her career she set the standard for what yeah. hard hitting is her and Bull Nakano yep. uh my name Toyota as well in that group as well but like that was that was the style that I wanted to do for so long and to finally get that opportunity to see how my style never doing a Japanese yeah. training session in my Pest entire life a little bit stacks up against the real deal. Like that's yeah. kind of the goal in life. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, just put it out there. I feel like, especially the way things are set up now, it's so nice that like you can make these things happen. I'm throwing it out here multiple times of the yeah. universe just to see. Yeah. Keep peppering uh, it out there. <laughs> Let the yeah. people know. There's just, there's just a lot I want to do still in my career. Like I, I want to, I think my next thing is I really want to do a hardcore match. Oh um, shit. With who, who would you like to do that with? I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's so many up and coming stars within the ring of honor division. Um, like I, I love Trisha Dora. Like I like Queen Nominata. Like we'll see if Billy Starks uh, wants to come through to the cookout. Like we have this young hungry group of women. I think that that's kind of, where I'm I'm looking to go because at, I get a little crazy. I, I used to say I do one once a year. We get a little crazy and then we sit on back, <laughs> sit on yeah. back down. But like <laughs> I I just haven't done one in a really long time. Um I would love Taya Valkyrie Valkyrie to come through to the cookout as well. Ooh, okay. So um there's just too many talented women to pick one, yeah. which is why I think maybe multiple i don't know we'll see i don't know but we'll see i don't know i just think that like right now i think my next thing is i want to do like a street fight or a hardcore match doesn't matter with who up the ante a little bit yeah just something fun something different something exciting Mm -hmm. um because one i've never got to do one on tv and i don't count like money in the bank 
for that. There's too many moving parts. Sure, but um, sure. there's so much cool stuff to do within AEW and Ring of Honor. Like it, the sky's the limit for me to just sit here and name off a couple of things. I feel like is it a disservice to how infinite <laughs> the possibilities are. Yeah, it's almost like what we were saying before with like, wow, what are we going to do? Because there's all these options and all these things that you can really make happen and really have those discussions to kind of get the wheels in motion to to accomplish those things. So hell of a time to be alive, <laughs> hell of a time to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically it. It's like, yeah, it's it's a really cool time. It's a different time. Um, and I just feel like as long as we continue to move forward as a division, as a brand, whether men or women, like we're going to go out there and show them what we got and not be denied. Hell yes. Well, Athena, I know you've had a hell of a week, a lot of things going on. I will let you get back to those things. Thank you <laughs> for joining me here on the sessions. Thank you. Thank you to Athena for taking the time to jumping on here with me after just getting off of a flight and uh, not really sleeping much due to um, some tornado warnings and such coming through Texas. So always appreciate that. Um, and uh, again, kind of that word passion. I appreciate the passion that she has for what she does. It's really cool. I feel like when you're around a lot of people that have been in this business for a long time, I think we all just kind of get used to what the workflow is like, uh, what the ups and the downs may be. It's always kind of nice to to connect with somebody that just stays kind of loving what they do. There's something really special about that. And I think that that uh, really kind of sums up Athena and her relationship with professional wrestling. So, hey, cheers to more Athena coming our way uh, for the rest of uh, 2023. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and enjoying this episode with Athena. This has been The Sessions. The Sessions.